Welcome everyone. Welcome to Freedom International live stream. And we are very happy and excited to have all of you listening and viewing this episode. And we would like to remind you to please continue to subscribe to all our channels of each of us. And definitely please share, share, share. And not just share it, but see what you can do, what you can... Um, what knowledge and what action step you can derive from this conversation because we want you not to just be that type that you could just keep doing an intellectual masturbation i say to that but i want you to be active in helping us change the course of our history so thank you so much and today we have dr peter bregan who is not really um a, a stranger to most of us, but definitely not a stranger to the government, to, you know, all those three letter words that we try to avoid saying, but he's not a stranger because he's been doing this critical thinking, helping really patients, clients, and all of us to see what's real. And he's been doing this for over three dec decades now. And of and his latest book, um, We Are the Prey, the COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey, as I believe has sold over oh, close to 200,000 copies. And that's all over the world. And maybe I'm not sure if it's been tra translated to different languages, but I wouldn't be surprised. So let me just let Dr. Peter Bregan really speak more of his background or whatever he needs to share more to those of you who don't know him and again please listen carefully thank you and welcome peter i'm so glad to be here grace as i was sitting and preparing to to start the show <clears throat> and i saw my name up and at that point it had the md on it it was peter robregan md and i thought to myself uh uh, here you are, you're a nurse, and um, the medical profession is pretty much lost. And I think that a great deal of what will happen in medicine, if it's positive, in the next years will be coming from the nurses. The doctors now have uh, become an authoritarian group. The medical training is uh, more authoritarian. There is no emphasis from what I understand in many of the med schools at all about independent research, independent thinking, having a private relationship with your patient, talking things through, giving informed consent. It's pretty much um, producing what we see when we go to the office, which is the doctor asks a few questions and he may uh, leave the room to look at his computer or he may look at his computer right there or he might just put out his phone and look at it. And he's looking for some algorithm or she is looking for some algorithm and um, not practicing medicine, avoiding medicine, the practice of medicine, the art, the science, the caring, the involvement. And physicians, uh, as they did in Nazi Germany, have gone lockstep with the authoritarian system. And the training now <clears throat> maybe is probably more like, well, I was going well, uh, to say more like the old German training, but the old German training was good. It was good. So, I mean, Europe was often a center where people went to to get a more advanced and thoughtful kind of medicine. Um, so it's over all around the globe. 
it's um and i think nurses have been uh, perhaps in some ways less afflicted i think nurses uh have a more caring approach to start with and of course it must be heartbreaking for all of you nurses around the world who have to start treating patients as if they are algorithms or less uh, really of uh, just cogs in, uh, in the wheel not even that you're the cogs in the wheel They're, what are we as patients? I mean, I, I, even as a physician, it is, it is hard for me to find a, a local physicians with whom I can work as a patient. I have to reach out uh, across the country now to, to find doctors I can talk with about myself comfortably. So that's the situation we're in. I hope that the nurses of the, of the world will stand up and uh, join Grace, a, a marvelous leader, um, and stand up for, for why you went into your profession. I'm sure that the vast majority of you went in because you uh, have an unusual devotion to people, to the care of people. That is no longer the medical profession. I'm not a nurse. I don't know how much, uh, how much this has overwhelmed nursing, but I do believe you're in a better position to stand up. And interestingly enough, the fewer degrees you have, uh, the less money you're making in many ways is liberating um, because uh, when you get into the position of the doctors today, uh, some of our bravest doctors who have uh, uh, you know, been raising children, becoming well-known, writing papers, and all of a sudden, all this power and influence is just taken away from them and it's crushing to the physicians around the world. And it sets the example for crushing all the other doctors who are not heroic and who will immediately uh, cave in. So you have someone like uh, Peter McCullough, who has been so assaulting. By the way, I can announce that Peter McCullough, that he was being still sued by Baylor and other groups uh, that he was had been affiliated with, and the judge has thrown them out of court. Just heard that yesterday. So he's at least free of that burden. But uh, that's what happens to doctors. Um, the unique position, uh, and and again, I'm just really really glad to to uh, to work with nurses, uh, and uh, I'm I'm just hoping that you will become the greatest force in medicine. Uh, the um, you mentioned that the book, the book. I wish the book had sold two hundred thousand, but it's well over a hundred thousand, and that's really, really good. Considering that it's one of the few books of our my twenty plus books, uh, about four of them or so uh, co-authored by Ginger. It's, uh, so it's the first of uh, of our major books that we we self published. We only, and this is very relevant to what's going on today. Uh, quite a number of years ago, maybe maybe it's 10, 8 or 10, I wrote a book called Wow, I'm an American, and, um, and the, about learning to live like our heroic founders. And my agent, who'd been my agent since boyhood, I mean, he's been my friend since boyhood, and, uh, and, uh, and my agent, he uh, got very angry at me, and he said he wasn't going to send a book with that title to any of the New York publishers. And he didn't get up in the morning saying, wow, he was American. He got up in the morning saying he was ashamed to be an American. And that sad episode just, uh, you know, just foreshadowed the, the awful thing descending upon the intellectuals in the big cities of America. Uh, 
and of course all the way around the world at least in the western civilization as they have been crushing our civilization um the uh, that was one one of the 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 lessons about the book and another is it has not been translated into any languages i experienced globalism way early we had an enormous bestseller 800,000 copies sold talking back to prozac in 1994 and um, we got translated into a few languages. And then the, um, about that time, a little later, the drug companies got the right to direct to consumer advertising in the US, which I don't believe you have in, in Europe. And um, in 19, at that point, I began to be uh, zeroed out and censored. And at that point on, I have never had a book translated. And many books, some big sellers, no translations. And uh, in fact, my book on electroshock treatment, which is certainly an obscure subject, the only medical book by a physician written specifically to uh, point out that electroshock treatment is uh, scientifically thoroughly understood as repeated head trauma, period. There's no question. It's got every sign of severe each time you knock the person unconscious and put them into a coma and they awake delirious that is severe head trauma and i documented it animals and people did a you know, complete book in 1979 my first medical book and i have i had a publisher who stuck with me and has and has stuck with me uh, throughout the years not to know the president of the company and that got three translations i went to french and italian and um, i think german so it, wa uh, it wasn't that there wasn't an interest in critiques of medicine, because who cares, you know, people, most people don't even know shock treatment is still going on. But um, we don't get translated at all. We thought we had a contract in Italy, got canceled at the last moment. And these last moment cancellations are kind of something we've seen over the years. It's, it's when the person who loves what I'm doing has somebody else put their hand on their shoulder and say, I don't think you want to do this. Um, so that's what we've been facing globalism from quite early on. I mean, how do you, with a relatively obscure doctor who's just getting published, how do you manage to take his his next bestseller and not get it translated anywhere? <laughs> and yes. that has happened with COVID-19. We've had no translations. Um, it's that's not okay, I think, if I may interrupt, that's okay, uh, Peter, because... I know that even if there's no official translation, I know people and individuals who really feel strongly about what's happening and they see the truth. I still remember before this, maybe I was still a nursing student that I got hold of the book where, where there is no doctor. And the, the original copy was in uh, Spanish uh, and in a foreign language. Mm -hmm. But you know what I did? every page of that book I translated into my own dialect and wow. my own language yeah. when I was talking to my community and that I will tie to public health because I, I thought I had that perception about community health and public health, a real good thing and that is important for us. But what so I know that I'm sure 
people in other countries have been explaining your book in their language. Yeah. And so, uh, and, and yet look what's happening with our so-called public health. So I was wondering if you can continue to talk about all the nefarious thing that's happening, yes. criminalize and all, you know, and all that abundance or the montage of in evidences when yes. it comes to public health as they claim it to be. In I go. Very few people know the degree to which the World Health Organization has been militarized and weaponized to be one of the major cutting edges of the coming global empire. And I think it's very important as some background material that people do not talk about to understand that since the dawn of civilization, which I date to when people started living in villages instead of um, <clears throat> Uh, being hunter-gatherers and, and, and being free and carrying their own weapons and making their own weapons and being indi more individualistic, actually, than, uh, than people would become in, in villages. And that change is only eight to 10,000 years ago. Well, starting very quickly, within a few thousand years, we have walled towns, walled cities. That opens up the possibility of... Uh, one of our own predatory humans or a group of them uh, organizing and assaulting, uh, getting their town, probably by telling them, just like now that the other town's going to attack them, uh, getting them to attack the other town and to, for their own power with absolutely no regard for the deaths that they're now going to cause in their own people. And that's the beginning of uh, what we have today. I would want folks to understand that is what we have today. It starts like that. And well before the uh, uh, birth of Christ in the BC periods, <clears throat> we have kingdoms developing all over the world. I mean, we're getting into kingdoms within maybe 6,000 years after we're in villages. And in about 2010 BC, we, uh, we have the first, what is considered by historians, a totalitarian, completely controlling um, empire, and it's a Chinese empire, one that is deeply admired by Xi Jinping, the head of China, and I think was deeply um, uh, beloved by Mao. So we have in China this tremendous tradition of imperialism, which our own State Department has always denied. You know, China, they're okay, we can give them guns, we can give them whatever, we can give them back, we can do bacterial research with them, they'll never unleash one of ours. You know, one on our, one on us, or on, on the world. <clears throat> what we are facing now is that, with the uh, development in technology, with the rapid transportation, with the AI to help organize things, with the uh, threat of atomic weapons um, suppressing individual nations from fighting each other. Um, with the uh, tremendous ability to just organize information and people, we are now facing a global empire evolving and a struggle over who is going to run the global empire, and it's not us. And when people first hear this, they think to themselves, oh, this is an exaggeration. Folks, the world has never been without globalist 
empires, empires wishing to control the world. It has not been without them since several hundred years BC when we had the Egyptian empire. You think they just wanted to stay in Egypt when we had the Indian empire in India, when we had the Chinese empire all at one time? And people also forget, and um, I, I hope I can just rearrange the way people are thinking with these ideas. People forget that World War II was the Allies against several well-defined empires wanting to rule the world. The Nazis wanted to make Berlin the capital of the world. The Japanese wanted Tokyo to be the capital of the world. And then after Mao rises to power, he sure as heck wanted Beijing to be the capital of the world. That is how these people think because they're what we're now calling, you know, we, we developed the term global predators. I'm glad that some people begin to use it. Well, what, what we're saying now is you got to really look at the psychology of the apex global predator. The global predator who may have been an apex hunter. He may have been the leader of the hunting band, killing elephants. He can't kill elephants anymore. There's no gratification in it. He kills people. And it is these, it's turned on, on, our, on himself us, and on ourselves. And this is an important understanding of what we are facing. The Bill Gates, the Klaus Schwabs of the world. I assume this audience knows these names. And the uh, World Health Organization, the leaders of the EU, um, the, the Chinese leaders. Um, even even meek-looking uh, Joe Biden, the people who pull his strings, they're apex predators. We are simply a part of what they're hunting. And I really I think this is a fairly new understanding. In fact, frankly, I've been evolving it with Ginger uh, over the last couple of days, even looking more and more into it. But this makes sense. And this country's never been without empires. We fought the British empires. The Americans fought the British empire to get free. I think there were six other empires in the world at the time. There was a huge Islamic empire. There was a Portuguese empire. There was a Russian empire. The, if we didn't have people trying to make a world empire now, it would be the first time in history. Of civilized human life. Think of that. And um, it's so hard for humans to look at this because the average human being does not have within him or her the notion that their wildest, most violent, and hateful fantasy should be fulfilled because they're special. This, we don't have that. We don't, we get mad at our dog and we, we start to kick the dog. We feel gross, ugly. We don't want to do it. We don't want to express those impulses. There are many predatory human beings. They're con men who ruin the lives of elderly ladies in Florida. There are gang leaders who get 14-year-olds to murder 14-year-olds. 
all the way on up to these apex predators, which we're looking at now and trying to understand better. It's kind of scary to look at this, but this is reality. Hitler was an apex predator. So was Stalin. And these people love to murder people. They love to kill people. You think it's bizarre that they would make a vaccine that would kill people? They love doing that. The first Chinese emperor, 2010, in the process of his consolidating the kingdoms under him, he killed half the population. Well, they died because of starvation and other associated things that went along with his murders and his destruction. Mao, the party estimates, killed 100 million Chinese. Now, we're not talking about victims of war or battle, not military losses. Hitler's killed far more people who were not military. And I, I, I hope that many of you know that the, while the 6 million Jews were killed, I'm Jewish, 6 million Jews were killed, Hitler killed about 20 million people. 30 million, nobody knows. He tried to exterminate Eastern Europe to make space for the Germans. You got to face what the apex predator is like. It doesn't matter if he's wearing a suit or he's a businessman or a physician, doesn't matter. There are people who will get as much as they can. They are limited only by their cunning and wits. Now the apex uh, predator need not be brilliant. He's got to be smart, but he mostly has to be cunning and ruthless. You don't get to the top, even of big industries, even of really big corporations, without to some extent being an apex hunter of other people who will put up with nothing. Nothing will get in the way of what he's doing. Um, are we going to do questions in, later on? Yes. No, well, I, I, actually, I, I wanted to say thank you very much for everything that you do, you and and uh, Ginger, and because and I'm saying this before I pass it on to Roy because I know Roy has questions. It's because you you really for me you are you are um, you you are an idol for me or someone that people can look up to because you know you didn't. You, you're an elder and you could just be doing nothing anymore or don't bother about know how that. To do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Not because you're Listen, old. I want to explain to you. I didn't want to end the, the talk. I want to then go on to the World Health Organization in some, uh, more detail to show you how it's being used. But I think there's a certain, maybe an unusualness to what I'm saying right now. And I wondered if if uh, people want to talk a little bit about it right now, I mean, has what I'm saying strike you? I'd be interested in knowing. Is that okay to do? To do? Yeah, yes. Right? And Roy will pick up from there. Yes. And then please. we'll go and we'll pick up on the World Health Organization because people don't. I think Carol wanted to jump in there. Carol, you can work with if you want to jump. Yeah. In. No. Um, hi, Doctor. Um, yeah, I, I like your use of the word apex predator because usually they're defined as psychopaths, and we've got used to that term. But apex predator puts it, for me anyway, into a more, uh, it's more descriptive. And uh, I love your title of your book, We Are the Prey. That's the yeah. subtitle, yes. And yeah, Ginger yeah. came up with the subtitle, and I should have listened to her and made it the title, because everybody thinks it's the title. It's yeah, COVID-19 yeah, yeah. and the COVID-19 
and the global predators, we are the prey. We are the prey is, is um, only useful in the United States. We have a platform in the US, we are the prey, where you can get the book less expensively. The way to get the book, it's not much less expensive, but the way to get the book in most cases, in all its forms, the audible and the um, um, the readable on a, what, you know, all that technology stuff, you can get it on Amazon and the other bookstores. They they uh, they're carrying it. Go ahead, though. I, I interrupted you. No, I, that was it. I mean, you you paint a good, uh, an excellent uh, picture there. I I suppose what I was, I'm always trying to understand uh, what makes the apex predator, and we can talk about it in psychological terms, childhood trauma, or whatever. Or else you can go deeper and talk of it in more. Uh, let's say spiritual or extra dimensional yeah, terms, yes, where you're talking about possession or demonic. Um, but all these descriptors are, I suppose, equally valid. And, and I suppose, putting it back to you, uh, what's your take on that? Well, I would say maybe equally valid, maybe equally mysterious. I do think there are limits to the human knowledge. Um, one of the great puzzles that I have always had and I find so interesting as I've learned a lot about human beings doing therapy, and I probably learn more than most therapists because I never give drugs. I never put people in mental hospitals against their will. I don't even practice in hospitals. Um, the, the people are free to talk to me. It's the first thing I have to say to new patients is, I'm not like the other doctors. It's, uh, I will never raise your drugs because you're unhappy. I will get more involved with you and do my best to help you understand and get free of it. I will never drug you because you want to kill somebody or you want to uh, commit suicide. I will help you come off the drugs so you can think straight. And it's, it, it creates an environment where people, I think, are a bit more honest about what they really feel. And um, I have a puzzle, which is that as far back as I go into my own childhood, I remember making decisions. And I emphasize that when I work with my clients. My, I don't like calling them patients. I have to do that in court. But the people I work with uh, who come to me for help, when we start talking about key moments in their lives, I'm always able to help them see they were making decisions. It wasn't just that mom was being beaten up by dad, one of the worst things a human being can experience. Um, it was that they were looking at it and trying to figure out what to do or what did it mean or what, what they were going to, what is this? And there are some people who I believe for whatever reason, take their suffering and inflict it on others. Um, you, you might think in terms of the, just a, in the grossest way, the young boy who's, who, who gets the idea that, yeah, yeah, that's what I'll do too. Or the boy who says, I will never hit a woman ever in my life. I will be gentle and kind. Five years old, people do this. They're looking and they're deciding. So it's a puzzle to me, but it's a good puzzle because it leaves completely open the processes of human decision-making. It starts extremely early. And if you haven't thought about it, it would be fun for some of you if you want when you go home to just sit back, think about the very earliest memories you had, good ones and bad ones. Very often the earliest memories are bad ones. Well, at least for the group who comes to see a therapist. The, the early memories are bad ones. And 
and you'll find you actually made something out of it. You made a decision. Um, and it's often up, comes up, some of these decisions come up right away where, you know, your first time you meet and start talking with somebody, they're telling you how they are not going to ever be like their mother or how they're like their father. And these decisions that they made, that they perceived and they chose. So I don't, I can't say, did Hitler have a worse childhood than uh, some of my clients? I don't think he had a childhood anywhere near as bad as some of the people I've had who have been ritually sexually abused by a whole neighborhood. You know, in a trailer park, it happens. I don't think so. And I know people who've been through things like that who are some of the most desirous people of being good. In fact, they are held back because they're being so good, not so bad. Now, I think this is the best I've ever discussed this uh, in terms of just delving into that to the question I was asked. I, I don't have an answer, but I do. I, my, I've concluded that evil is when you inflict your suffering on others. And good is where you try to manage it yourself and not inflict it on others, and you try to be loving. So yeah, yeah, no, that that's good because it's yeah. I was sort of thinking of the words. It's by the grace of God that you go on one side. Of the, it's a mystery. It's, it's a, a mystery. mystery. That the grace of God, uh, Carl, is so vivid because I was 18 years old when I was invited to go to a state mental hospital and volunteer, and I walked in. My background is a Jew, knowing about concentration camps, extermination camps, having talked to my uncle about liberating them and what they look like. And I walk in the state mental hospital and I have two thoughts. A, there but for the grace of God go I. I could be curled up in some corner. There was a Radcliffe. They said, oh, we have a Radcliffe student in the corner over there lying on up. I thought to myself, oh, God. I, I, could, I, I could be there. I could be that. And the other was, this is like a concentration camp. So that's the beginning of my reform work. Um, but yeah, yeah. ever for the grace of God. And I think, by the way, that's about to have one of the healthiest things a human being can say, ever for the grace of God. Go away. Yeah, yeah. I find it is the best antidote I have to myself being cruel, callous, resentful of any of my patients. Because I have to really see, yeah, how would you have handled that one, Pete? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, it's a, it's a mystery. It's the mystery of life, and I don't think science can answer it. I don't, I think uh, you have to decide how important is your personal experience, or are you like uh, what Yuval uh, says, uh, the sidekick of um, Klaus Schwab, Urari is his last name, I guess. I've been looking at his books. I, I can't remember his name. It's like the devil or something. You know, he says we're just, um, we're algorithms. He looked into his heart and obviously found an algorithm. Yeah, that's yeah, because I I I bought Klaus Schwab's book, The Great Reset, and it sounds good. I've seen him on TV. Sounds like a guy you could sound and talk. You could sit down and talk to, have a pint with, or something like that. Uh, you know, but I read his book, and what was missing was any kind of. It was all trapped in three dimensions. Uh, uh, there was no sense of anything, our, our real uh, human attributes, uh, our spirituality, our, our, our empathy, it was devoid of that. And, and that's what I noticed in it. So I'm, you know, yes. I, I don't want to cast 
dispersions, but uh, that's Can't that's what I notice. And 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 so how is is like it starts at some point and then it accelerates one direction or it grows and, yeah. and it accumulates and they get deeper into it. And maybe there's um, a chemical body reaction, adrenaline rush, and they got to do more. You know, it's like gambling, but it's but it's like for cruelty or for power or, you know, yeah. and it takes off. And th these people don't know, perhaps don't know how to center themselves and realize. Or don't want to. Or, or don't want to because they've gone down the path that they know they probably shouldn't have. Um but anyway, well, we'd, I, we'd like to believe they have all those conflicts. Uh, I've done a huge amount of medical legal work, and I think that um, by and large, most murderers think the other person deserved it, even if it was somebody who gave them the finger on the road or bumped into them or just didn't pay attention to them at a stoplight. They think the other person deserved it to cover it up. You know how many people thought Hitler was marvelous when they finally met him? Mm. Chamberlain, mm. you guys know Chamberlain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted. I mean, oh yes, we got oh, yeah. along. He's a good guy. I come back with the paper. He signed <laughs> it. Please. Yeah, yeah. And then he went and invaded Poland. Yeah, yeah. All right. So let's 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 leave the apex predators. I'm delighted, Carl, with your response, and because this is new work that we're trying to do and understand and frame it in a way that people can face evil. They can see these are not the usual folks you're dealing with. And it's a very good conversation. So let me go then and, and talk more about what I was invited to do by Grace, which is talk about the World Health Organization because it's so critical of what's happening right now. Um, a great deal of what was planned for COVID-19, which was completely planned, folks. There isn't hardly any part of it that wasn't discussed 10 years earlier. Um, and, and was well on the planning by the 10 years. And how do we know that? Well, let me start with, let me start with that. How do we know that? Well, because 10 years before 2010, Bill Gates announced the decade of the vaccine. Do you think he was playing games? Do you think the richest man in the world, when he goes to the world, world uh, economic forum where all the big businessmen and women are, and he meets with Klaus Schwab and he meets with uh, the uh, heads of major trusts with billions of dollars. And he stands up and he said, this is the year, the decade of the vaccine. People don't say, whoa, let's get organized, folks. This is where the big money is. This is where the power is. At that point, Bill Gates, I read one place, and I never did check it out had been um, the richest man in the world for something like 14 years. I'd have to go check it. But it was some great number of years. It's not like now where they were shifting around all the time. I mean, can you imagine? And um, he was in partnership with Warren Buffett, who was like the second or third richest man in the world at the time. Buffett is now finally 10 years later, last year or so, he dissociated from, from uh, Bill Gates uh, openly. But... Um, at that point, Buffett was his biggest contributor. So you got the one in three richest men in the world telling you vaccines, and you had a company, or you have billions of dollars, or you've been thinking, how the hell can I make tons more money? 
I got so much, but how much can I get rid of this 30% a year, this meager amount I'm getting and really go big and double or triple? Oh, vaccines. So his mere saying that, I think, got the entire medical, industrial, military industrial, all the complexes, the banks, of course. He got all the powers, you know, chattering and probably all excited and couldn't wait to call their buddies. Well, one of the very first things that Bill Gates did is he went to the World Health Organization. And within a year or so of 2010, well, this is outlined in the book and, and um, COVID-19, the global predators, and in a really tremendous chronology at the end of the book, 50 pages, you pick a month and go look at what's happening. And um, he got approval to work with his program. And the program involved this, uh, what Schwab would later call, you know, these public-private partnerships. It was going to be the UN partnered with the big drug companies, partner, partnered with Bill Gates. Um, the only complaint I saw in the, anywhere in my reading of the newspapers and all the time, and of course we're just two people, we're not an institute, um, was from an extreme leftist who said, this is fascism. I thought we were communists. I'm not kidding you. And that, that, that's the level of the evil that he was immediately working within. By 2019, Schwab himself, the head of the World Economic Forum, made a memorandum of understanding with the, with the United Nations to join into his projects, his concepts. People don't know this. That's that's like, depending on your view, it's the next thing to a legal agreement or it's a legal agreement when you have these memorandums of understanding. Now, how did we get into really seeing, seeing the heart of this? Um, originally, it was when Ginger came up with a research paper showing that, that the, uh, and this was in March 2020, March 2020, when everybody was saying, who's... Uh, you know, who, where's this virus from? Of course, it's from nature. Nobody could make this. The Chinese couldn't make it. Jeez, are you guys dumb? The scientists would say, you think they can make something like this? Blah, blah, blah. Remember that? Remember when Lancet was saying and publishing letters and uh, and everybody? No, no, can't come. So at that point, Ginger brings me a paper and says, as I look at this, the U.S. in 2015 is working, making gain-of-function SARS-CoV viruses in their own labs. And there it was. And then I look and remember now, we don't know anything. I'm, a, I'm, I'm the conscience of psychiatry, not the conscience of uh, the vaccine industry or something. So I'm looking at this and I'm looking and I see there's Chinese names in this thing. We're making the viruses. Who are these Chinese people? I actually have to go look at Look there! I, oh my God! These are high-ranking Wuhan Institute people. 2015, making these things. We do a quick literature search. We find 2016, the same people from North Carolina doing this. By the way, they were working with the FDA, so the FDA was involved in this. They were working with um, Harvard Medical School. And then the main group was at the University of North Carolina down in, in the U.S. 
And we look at the next paper, no Chinese names on it. So we look at the acknowledgments and they thank the famous bat lady, Xing Li Li, something like that, from the Wuhan for helping them with this construction of the spike protein, sending them materials. Saying, look, first of all, this is treason. Who the heck funded this? What is that guy's name, Fauci? Oh my God, is he from NIAD? They funded this. And we published, and we waited a month thinking and learning and, and trying to, my God, nobody's even discussing these papers. What, they can't, they can't do a Google search, let alone have to do an academic search, a scholar search? What's the matter with all these people? We had no idea they could shut up a universe. There's beyond my kin, what I told you about today was beyond my, my kin. And Ginger's a little, little bit more out of the box. She has less training than me, so she, she's more imaginative. She's got great conceptual abilities. You know, she'd been warning me all along that, that I was fighting evil when doing my psychiatry stuff. She's a Christian, you know, they know more, they get that, they do that more than Jews do. And, you know, they get into the cataclysmic version of life and stuff. We, the Jews, we just try to obey God and go about our business most of the time. Many of them. Um, anyway, um, this was stunning. And we actually did, we made a video about April 12th or 13th. I made a video, immediately went viral on YouTube. They hadn't taken us down yet. And we did a, a, a column and we got it to Trump. We knew somebody who knew the whole Trump family just by chance. Some of the, somebody I've been working with. And Trump canceled the program. He, and he shut down Fauci's funding of these collaborative efforts. That doesn't stop Fauci. That's another story. You don't, nothing stopped Fauci. Um, and all of a sudden we're seeing this bizarre thing going on. And then we started the book and we're writing the book. Um, we're working some at our age, sometimes 10, 12 hours a day, working on this book for about 15 months. And I get up one night and I, and here comes the World Health Organization. I get up one night and I have somebody or me or whatever is saying plans, 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 find the plans. It felt like that. It was five in the morning, I think. I go downstairs and I start plugging plans, plans, plans. And up pops Bill Gates' master plan. And where do I find this? On the World Health Organization. It's a version of his master plan. And then we actually stopped the presses when we found the final master plan that we found. But it's, and this is where the who comes in. It is in the form of a PowerPoint from an organization that Bill Gates set up to mastermind the decade of uh, the vaccine. And it's called CEPI, C-E-P-I, CEPI. It's uh, something about, you know, vaccine development. It's where they're going to put all their money, all the corporations and all the trusts, and they're all going to get ready. Now they get a tax deduction. Remember that Bill Gates doesn't have to doesn't have to get power by putting money in his pocket. He doesn't need a new car. Bill Gates gets power by putting money into who his uh, trusts, because then he can manipulate people, manipulate all the agencies in the world that he wants to, all the people that he wants to. 
So what does this PowerPoint say? I'm looking at this and I cannot believe what I'm reading. First of all, there's some sort of a memorandum of understanding, which we've never found, between the WHO and Gates's organization. And it's even got a PowerPoint slide that divides up columns into the companies, the banks, the agencies, and all these groups they're working with. The only person named is just Gates, G-A-T-E-S, nothing else. Gates, he's right in there on research and development. He's going to do it. Oh, and distribution, sort of the whole works. They've got the World Bank in there in a the corner. I, I, I didn't know anything about the World Bank. We're just learning them. So he had this plan outlined that had a memorandum of understanding. And there's a very interesting slide that says the pharmaceutical companies will be repaid all of their expenses, direct and indirect. Well, who's he talking to? Is he God? He just announces? <laughs> that was the power I saw in front of my eyes that no one apparently had ever found. Was, as far as I know, we were the ones that pulled up these things. But imagine all the people who saw it and never said a word about it. By the way, it was on a WHO website, and it was without any comment or anything. It was something somebody probably put up 10 years ago. Well, it was 2015, the date. So it was the summer of 2015. So somebody, you know, parked it from the WHO, parked it on the WHO website somewhere, and out it popped. All this is on our website, bregan.com. You get all these things and in the book. So from the very early stages, all of it was being planned. They had the, Bill Gates was talking in 2010 and 11 about making platforms for DNA and RNA vaccines, 2000, very early on. He was working with Pfizer and then they created Moderna. So Bill Gates's early chosen priorities were Moderna and Pfizer. And guess who, out of maybe 200 companies trying to make vaccines for the United States of America, there were about 200. What are the two that get the whole pie? Bill Gates is Moderna and Pfizer. So all of this unfolds very early on. It's all completely planned. It's all mind-blowing. None of it fits with my world concept as of three and a half years ago. But if you think about what do apex hunters do when they're killing elephants and now people, consuming people, what do they do? They plan together. Do they sit around and say, no, I won't plan that with the who, that would be mean. No, they don't. They say, that's a brilliant idea, Bill. Let's get on it now. Let's get the UN, Bill. Oh, and by the way, Bill, I think it's wonderful how close you are with the Chinese communists. Bill Gates is the only American to have two awards from the Chinese communists for being a friend to them. And he's the only one to have it in, in the technology group to have such an award. And in that group is Stalin and Mao and a few other sterling people. It's all in the book. Endnotes galore, over a thousand. So now, let me jump ahead. What are we facing right now? So one of the things, and this is just one of the things we're facing now. 
They are trying to make the who into the totalitarian lead of the great empire. The who is governed by a combination of what I call the Western empire, which is Bill Gates. This is not in the book, the Western Eastern empire. I've been writing about it though on uh, America Out Loud. We have our columns going on the Eastern and Western empires. So we got the Western empire, which everybody writes about now. Um, and that's, that's the group I've been talking about. It's all of American tech industry, all of America's top 100 companies, all really look to China more than the U.S. as the future of the world. So Trump came along, they had no doubt about it. When Trump said, I'm anti-globalist, and probably most of you don't know that, he ran on an anti-globalist platform. He said, I'm not good. So if the, the Koch brothers, who were supposedly these great freedom-loving libertarians, if the Koch brothers don't want to support me because I'm anti-globalist, that's okay. I don't need the Koch money. So he established himself as anti-globalist. That's why everybody in the world with power went after him. It's not because he's not nice. It's not because he's orange color. It's not because he speaks uh, like a businessman from New York. It's because he announced he was anti-globalist. They went after him entirely for that reason, I believe. And you can see now that we have Biden in, what is he? He's a globalist puppet. Hey, let's take down the borders, destroy America. Let's, let's block the pipeline, destroy America's independence. Because they got to destroy the democracies of the world, the constitutional democracies of the world, have a globalist. They have to. So they've taken down Europe pretty much. They've taken down Australia pretty much. They've taken down Canada. And I used to say, but you know, we still have hope with them. No, they've taken down America. So the question is, when do we wise up those of us who are for freedom and say we have this common love of freedom around the world? We got to stand up. We got to make noise. We got to yell. We got to assemble. We got to do whatever people do to take back their countries. Because that is the, that, that's the largest level that people can in any way express themselves. Once you get big, bigger than a nation, you're lost. And even in a nation, it's hard. You need local communities and stuff. Globalism is the destruction of humanity, of the individual. They hate individuals. God, do they hate individualism. They don't hate their own. <laughs> they some remarkable individuals. <laughs> they all got real character to them, right? They're all themselves. But they don't like us being ourselves. So we found the master plan. What's going on right now? Oh, we, we found the master plan. I mentioned the organization CEPI. Uh, we actually stopped the, the, uh, the first edition to put in. It's wonderful when you, when you uh, decide that you have to have complete control of your book, what you can do with it. And we put in the, the second master plan, which is the CEPI business plan. That's the master plan. It was Bill Gates's preliminary business plan for CEPI. And it involves... Guess who involves Fauci? Fauci was working with Gates back 10 years ago, 12, 13 years ago. He was on his vac, he was the big deal on his vaccine committee when he announced the 10 years ago the, the, uh, the decade of the vaccine. 
Now, if, if you do a fact check, you'll find out there's no relationship with Fauci and uh, Bill Gates. <laughs> no, it began 10 years earlier. And then uh, Bobby Kennedy found out when he was researching that um, he found a, uh, where, where Fauci was saying that he and Bill Gates decided to go in partnership 10 years ago around the vaccines. Calls it a partnership. This is, the, this is the real stuff. So right now we have two or three, and I'm going to just take 10 minutes with them and I'm going to end and we'll talk some more. Um, there are now two programs to completely take over the world using healthcare. The first program was in, started in January of last year. Secretly, now, I have a whole website that has stuff on this, bregan.com. We got all the documents about what I'm going to say now. And we refer you to other people who know stuff too. So, in January of last year, the top agency in the US, it's by far and away the largest agency, probably in the world and in the US, Health and Human Services, went secretly to who? I'm sure the EU was in on it. The EU is the EU and the US are these huge supporters of giving up their sovereignty to uh, to the uh, to the who, which means to the Eastern and the Western empires. The Eastern Empire, if you haven't figured it out, is China. But um, they're literally your EU just desperate to give up those Europeans that are watching and listening, and desperate to give up sovereignty. They, they, they actually don't want to be the ultimate sovereign. They're in collaboration with World Health uh, uh, Foundation, with WEF. They're in collaboration with WEF, but they want to give up their sovereignty to the who? So the U.S. proposes these amendments, and they have 40 nations signing on, including the entire EU, the entire EU. Not by nation by EU and Great Britain separate signed on, India signed on, I think Brazil, I know a lot of people signed on to this thing, but not Africa. Africa's been the holdout because they know what Gates does to people through the they have a better idea down there. Involuntary sterilization and they know they know the they know what they've done with vaccines that sterilize women. So they propose a series, and this is our government of the United States, not yours, ours, with the EU. I'm talking to European faces. I think some of you are from Europe, right? Where are you all from? The three faces I'm looking at, Mark, and are you all from Europe? Germany. Yeah, Germany. Irish living in Poland. Mm -hmm. yeah, Irish. Well, is, is Ireland in the EU? It is. Yeah. It yeah. is. And, and, and we're giving up our sovereignty. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see it. Well, you've given it up to the EU, but what you don't know is you've given it up to globalism because that's what the EU wants. It's bizarre. It's an insanity. They've all caved into the great predators of the world, the apex predators. It's only about the third time I've talked about apex predators. So I'm sort of having fun with it, sort of. Um, so what are the amendments? The amendments are to the regulations of the WHO. 
the, they're called the International Health Regulations, the IHR. And these regulations have had, and still do at this moment, have severe restrictions on what the UN agency can do. Remember, who is UN? So there's severe restrictions on them. Um, meanwhile, of course, they're being run by both the Chinese and by the head of the WHO, for folks that don't know, is a communist thug put in, named Tedros. He's literally a communist thug put in by, the first one was not a doctor thug to run the WHO. Um, and um, he's a public health thug. But he's actually a he's actually a politician, communist politician, put in by the Chinese communists. But he also gets all this money from Bill Gates and from the U.S. too. So the regulations would allow the um, World Health Organization Director General, without even his getting the approval of the committee, to declare a health emergency that might be of concern to the world in any country he wants without their permission. Right now, he can't do any of that without the permission of a country. And then he can bring within 48 hours without the permission of the country all the resources of the UN and anything else he can get to make them accept the requirements of the WHO for the running of their health agencies around this concern. It even goes into elaborate things about how it can only, it can be a, almost speculative concern. Yeah, it can be a speculative concern. It's all in the subjective judgment of the director general. <clears throat> that's one thing that's going on. That started in January. Later in January, without mentioning Tedros spoke to the executive committee of WHO. Boy, isn't it amazing? 86 years old, you can get this in your head. It takes a lot of work. It's a horror show. It's a horror show. So, oh God. So later in January, he addresses the executive, his executive council of WHO. And he, Tedros tells them that he wants to become, he has to become the guiding authority of global health. And he is going to make treaties with different countries. He doesn't call them treaties because that might arouse the Senate. He calls them agreements, legally binding agreements with all individual nations that he can to give up control over the health system when he has a suspicion that they've got a problem that might influence other nations. And he's very specific. He lays out the whole thing. Usually I quote, but I didn't put that in front of me today from it. It's all on the website, bregan.com. May I ask you one question to this? Sure. Um, did, you, uh, did you find anything about the execution? Uh, when, when this will happen, for example? Oh, yeah, I'm getting to the, the, that's I the story. The, I was under yeah. the impression that, for example, um, if the way uh, WHO will announce it, in that moment also, let's say the White Helmet will do this so that, for example, international soldiers from other countries will come, for example, to Germany or to France so that so that the people are not, uh, let's say, they don't have the culture connection in order to process. Do you Did you find anything about that? 
But first of all, there's been some suggestion that that's exactly what happened in Canada, putting down the chuckers. I don't know if you've heard that. There were there were UN airplanes seen at the airport, and the people who did the attacking the were indistinguishable. They had no markings on them. Their heads were completely covered. Their bodies were so. There's some already discussion that that has happened in Canada. The e I do not believe that they are whispering anything about that. But that's what invariably will happen. Would happen. But I can give you the timeline exactly on all of this. So, as of now, we are facing two threats. The first threat was the in January early was the actual delivery last year of the um, amendments to the UN from our Health and Human Services Agency along with greetings and you know we got all kinds of letters and stuff about it it's all on the website then right after that without mentioning these uh amendments these lying sons of guns he said uh, he uh, he goes up there the, the secretary general the director general and he talks about the agreements which will be legally binding if you're one of the 194 countries signed on to the UN or the World Health Organization, it's legally binding. We found out about, or I, I found out about the treaties when I found out this. And so we broadcast this widely about that they're going to make these agreements. Countries are going to sign up. Uh, we think that, uh, that the U.S. is deeply supporting this. And we know the EU, EU is. And and that uh, we're going to find our president, uh, Biden, uh, signing away all of our rights in, a, um, in an agreement. And then a man named James Rogoff comes up and finds the amendments. We didn't know about the amendments. The amendments are going to be voted on in May, and we find them of last year. And we find out about them in, I think, April. Maybe we had six weeks. So a bunch of us go to work. We're talking for the first time for a long time. For me, I'm talking with Congress people. We're talking all over the U.S. And so on. We're broadcasting these amendments. And we did stir up a bit of a storm. And then I think Africa ended and entered in. Because I had noticed there were no people signing on to the U.S. letter of 40 nations from Africa, none. I think the Africans intervened. And when it came to a vote at the main meeting, so toward the end of May, they didn't bring up the amendments. They brought up the shell. You see, unless you were following it, you didn't know this. What they brought up was this original shell with the title of the amendments and everything. And they put nothing in. They put in a sentence or two about something. They kept the shell. And they've been working on that shell now. And they have gotten the, they finally have uh, published these amendments that they're now planning. I'm sorry, they published, yes, they published the amendments. And it's a giveaway for every country. And they'll be voted on unless they break all the rules and vote on beforehand. This coming May, which is not very far away anymore toward the end of the year. The world, I think it's called the World Health Council, some 
It's the governing body of the who. They're going to vote. So we're, we're in danger very shortly of having amendments that will empower Tedros to declare in your country or mine a suspicion of a health danger that may afflict, that is of concern to other countries. Very vague. He will become the Hitler of the who. Now, he's nobody. It's like Fauci. Fauci's a very effective nobody. He's the useful fool. That's a communist used to call him, I think. Useful idiot. And who's behind this? China's very quiet. They are so behind this. Can you imagine? They're not going to pay any attention to what the who says to them, and the who's never going to say anything bad to them. We've already learned about that. They're so in the pocket of who of China, that the China's free and clear. They're not going to get any of this. They haven't even said a word about any of this stuff. Hey, look at this. This is great stuff. And also, they are now developing the treaty end of it, these new uh, agreements. And any day now, all it takes is the head of any nation, and they're talking about nations, but I don't know about the EU, whether they could do it just right through the head of the EU. But any nation, one signature is all they want to make under these agreements, which look like the amendments. So we got the amendments out there. They come and do it toward the end of May. You can Google it and get the exact dates and everything. And those are just a 50, that's a, just a 50, uh, 50 vote, 51, 50, 51, 49 vote. It's a vote, straight vote. And then, then, they, then they cover everybody in the world. So it's really quite a disaster we're looking at. Um, I'll leave it at that. Again, this is a lot of material. Go to uh, bregan.com and you'll see there's four boxes on the middle of the page. And one of them is about the who. <clears throat> now, there's another aspect of the who, which is they've set up something Biden set up. And actually, he had to take it down, which is the... Um, disinformation control centers kind of thing. They're setting, they've set one up at the WHO and they've chosen a very famous communist out of Great Britain whose name I forget. You can Google it all. And so now they are going to control the information flow in the world even more directly than they do now. Because they were made the main information source in the world. The RR CDC danced to the WHO. And now they're going to, world is going to dance on all health matters to their communist uh, director of disinformation. I have to get the exact title. And that's what we're looking at. And these people mean business. They really, really want to take over the world. And if you shiver, and again, and didn't hear the beginning of my broadcast, the world has been run by competing empires for over 2,000 years. And now we're looking at two empires. The one we know in the West is the global predators and the one in the East by the Chinese communists. If we don't do something, people like Bill Gates will be swallowed like hors d'oeuvres by Xi Jinping and we will have a world communist empire. 
How's that for a closing remark? But that's the truth of the matter. Okay, Grace, did I finally cover everything? I know I went in a little slow for you, but I really wanted to cover some of that background about facing the, the predators of the world. It's just so hard to do. I can stay. I can stay beyond even the next 15 minutes for a little bit. I hope so I'd like to touch because even recently, just the latest episode of uh, Joe Rogan, I forget the name of the guest that he'd done, but he was like praising Bill Gates. And I've kind of seen through him years ago, even when he was just doing Microsoft. But there's a load of the population because of his charity organization actually think he's a great guy. They're not aware of the Epstein mm. thing. And even if you go back generations, I think his grandfather was in eugenics. So, yes. like, if we're talking about his father, evil, not his, his father was in eugenics. Oh, his father. Okay. So, if we look at the evil that's going on in the world, I mean, it looks like a cult, demonic cult that's going on for thousands of years, perhaps. But, like, what I have seen is that they're actually torturing the babies in the womb and like people are looking at this from how come they have no empathy how come they can kill people is it that they're removing the empathy from these people that they just it's like they're looking at cattle oh you mean how can they get people like the doctors like like my profession even gates like you know because people are looking at him and they're they're seeing he's playing the card he like you know if you look at when he was in the competition authority with microsoft you could see he was like bunks i don't know did you see that video he was a young man then and he was so aggressive and it was he then changed to create the charity the bill and melinda right. gates and people then think because of that, he's such a great man. Right. They don't know that the charities are just power brokers. That's what they are. The charities are all power brokers. Um, this was the opening of my discussion today. So I'm a, I'm a little bit reluctant to get so much into it again. I do want to, 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 to say that... Um, once the predators get hold of a nation, the nation becomes obedient. And those of you in Europe should know this better than anybody on earth. There were no deep rebellions against the Nazis from within medicine, from within the law, from within judges' organizations or medical organizations. They all went with the Fuhrer. And it didn't matter whether you were in Norway or in Berlin. And I remember stories about how Norwegians said, well, we'd never do this. And so Hitler just set up a concentration camp and everybody came looking for a job. I had a friend who wrote a dissertation about it. God knows if he's still alive anywhere from years ago. So the countries came in. The bureaucracies take over. The bureaucracies don't care who's in charge unless it's Trump because he wants to destroy them. Otherwise, they're perfectly happy with any... They'll, the U.S., they'll take a Fuhrer in our bureaucracy. It's very clear now. That's very clear because we have a president who's destroying the country. And by the way, it was a fraudulent vote. You really got to look at reality, folks. And they just had a fraudulent vote against the only other anti-globalist in, in the 
entire Western Hemisphere over here, uh, North America and South America, and that was a president of Brazil. They did a fraudulent vote and got him out. So now there are no presidents and premiers in the U.S. who are globalist flacks, flackies, whatever. So that's what we have to face. I mean, it's real. But throughout the world, there are people like us, and we have to get a bigger and bigger voice. People have to get out in the streets and stand together. But they're frightened, especially in America. Can I, I mean, maybe you guys say, yeah, well, we always knew it. Turns out Americans are a bunch of terribly frightened people. They've really undermined us with the communist training in the schools and all. We are so undermined. Um, it's, uh, we're doing less to stand publicly against what's going on in our country than people, uh, you know, throughout the uh, EU even. I so, think we uh, can relate to what happened with Germany and how people were complained, no, which was happened because the doctors that did stand up, they were censored, they were attacked, they were threatened with their licenses. Yes. And even the likes of us, I mean, Grace was removed from YouTube, I was removed from YouTube, I was removed from a yeah. lot of different things. And, you know, like we're then trying to get people to come together and they're just attacking you you've got the people that are attacking us have you looked at because a lot of this is kind of legal lawful have you looked at any kind of people fighting this from a kind of sovereign uh aspect well there's a lot of legal action going on in the u.s from a handful of attorneys whom i know most of many of um and right now it's slow going. You know, we've had some encouraging things happen. Um, you know, I don't know if I mentioned it on this show because it just happened and it's in my mind. But Peter McCullough, who is a great American hero, world hero, was uh, not only thrown out of every one of his affiliations, but they sued him as well. <laughs> Uh, Baylor University is a big American university medical center was suing him and a bunch of other people. And yesterday in court, the judge threw out the suits against him. But he still has been totally, you know, disenfranchised. Um, it happened to me so early, happened to me in the 70s. So I got used to living with being on the outside. But for people who are on the inside throughout their whole growth, it's incredible. Maturation is an incredible thing. And you have some wonderful doctors um, in Europe, wonderful, who are being harassed under the under the uh, uh, not the, the Nazi the the rules against what is it? Uh, it's rebel rousing. Again, uh, well, I mean, uh, oh my gosh, at least two docs I think are are being prosecuted because they compared what's going on to the Holocaust. So they're being prosecuted under uh, minimizing the laws that you can't deny the Holocaust or something. I mean, it's really bizarre. You familiar with that? Do you guys know about that? Maybe not. Yeah, um, I just can't remember the name, but yeah, that happened like more or less two years ago, maybe at the beginning. No, yeah, but it's happened no, again. Actually, um, it's uh, actually there are several lawsuits against um the german doctors who were in the uh, let's say who who were against the vaccinations and yeah. uh, they are now facing lawsuits because of rebel rousing 
with respect comparison of Nazi Germany. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. right. Exactly. And really good people. Um, I want to ask you one question. How want to, um, for example, uh, we saw here in Germany that uh, there is a code already for the unvaccinated people. Z28. something? Yes, that's dot three one zero. So this is uh, at the beginning. It's only for unvaccinated people, but this is an international code for the people. Medical uh, code. Yeah. It's a medical code. Yeah, just like uh, um, diabetes. Yes. Yeah. And this could be also used for, let's say, um, psychological illnesses. Yes, it's definitely a potential weapon. Weaponizing yeah. medicine in every possible way has been one of the favorites of modern totalitarians. And um, I'm, I'm sure that's exactly why they made it a code. I have that disease. I'm unvaccinated. My wife has that disease. And my 93-year-old mother-in-law, who is really like a mother, 96, actually. She's just around the corner. She's unvaccinated. We've done fine. Um, yeah, and, um, and there's we're this... very old. We're the ones who absolutely must get it. Anybody doesn't know, folks, if you start to get something and it looks like COVID, you think it's COVID, um, there's a drug called hydroxychloroquine and another drug called ivermectin. I'm an expert in adverse drug effects. These are among the safe, I testify in court on adverse drug effects. These are among the safest drugs in the history of humanity. Get a doc, find a doc. Somehow you can call them in the U.S. Go to uh, truthforhealth.org and find doctors, truthforhealth.org and find some doctors. Get yourself treated properly. Maybe they can mail you some ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or go to Africa. You can get it at the, without a prescription because so many people in Africa are on it their whole lives, these drugs, for diseases, chronic diseases in Africa. Both drugs. That's how safe they are. They take them every day, their whole lives. So I just wanted to put that in. It's humanitarian commentary. Yeah. So did you have a question? I mean, all this is yes. This is Yeah, the, I have. Uh, um, the interesting thing is um, that the World Health Organization, we have the amendments on the one thing, so that the World Health Organization can, can um, make an emergency worldwide. At the same time, we have a war on the food industry. At the same time, we have military war. And at the same time, we have an economical war. Very true, Hamid. Very true. That's and right. um, and their target is, and Mr. Uh, the President Zelensky said that he is willing to to um, make um, Ukraine to a, a, to a country calling the Great Reset. So this will mean they will have 50 minutes cities. They have all the um, gates. And um, interesting thing is that. In 2022, Ukraine has a vaccination rate of 35%. It has one mm. of the lowest vaccination rates in the world. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I mean, it might be logistics with the war and everything. Yeah. What do you... and, and in my opinion, it's only the prototype for Europe. So if you bleed out Europe, then you have a war has only the purpose 
to rechange or to renew the society within the country in a more bad way, not in a better way. Yes. And this is uh, this is this uh, for this reason we are facing very very dangerous times at the moment. Well, I'm, I'm glad to talk about that with you. And um, folks, um, the war in Ukraine is a creation of the global predators. We, for example, in this country, uh, uh, Biden, you guys, some of you may know the numbers better than me, but I think he's given like $50 billion now to the Ukraine. Now, believe me, that isn't going into, into uh, baby food. It's going into the pockets of the military-industrial complex. In fact, as, as one happy commentator in the U.S. said, folks, don't remember, you know, this is going to be jobs in the U.S., that money, those billions are going to come back here to jobs in the U.S. And, well, maybe unless we outsource our weapons to China or something. I mean, we could do anything to keep America from getting strong with money. So Biden's bleeding the American people. This is what they always do. They bleed the American people in the form of suppressing further the country in the terms of terrible inflation. All of this helps those in charge. And the Ukraine war is an engineered war by the globalists, I believe. And I'll go out on a limb and some people don't agree with me and I'm now not on the firmest ground as my earlier talk where I just know this stuff as well as anybody in the world, maybe better. I don't know the Ukraine better than anybody else. But what I see happening there is that uh, Putin is an anti-globalist. Putin wants his own empire. He wants to restore the USSR. He wants to be the third competing empire. And that, in principle, is unallowable. The only two allowable empires right now are the Eastern and the Western, and nobody, quote, in between, literally. And I think that's why China, maybe maybe as much as even the, even the Western Empire, the Eastern Empire, be happy to see the uh, people of Russia starved and crushed and <clears throat> decimated. They can't have a man who stands up, I am a Russian. They can't have it. I have my own. We're rebuilding the... Russian hegemony. They can't have that because it's anti-globalist. So they put all the power of the banks against him. Oh my God, BlackRock, our biggest, now I think it's back to number two, uh, but our biggest investment firm uh, was so happy to see how we managed to get the bankers to cut them off from the, from various activities that I don't quite necessarily know the details of. And uh, we, the U.S. probably even blew up their pipeline to Europe. Um, I mean, nobody can countenance a single man in the world with power standing up and saying, I'm, I'm advancing my interests and the interests of my people. Screw you guys. Um, I think that's what this war is mainly about. I do um, think so. I could be wrong because I don't have that... The, the, internal breadth of knowledge I have on the other subjects. But I think the, it's all about globalism. I have I have a comment to this because um, the Russians have the most advanced technology in military and they don't use it. And they and in general, uh, for example, if Israel would if the Israeli military would try to invade Ukraine within five days would have done it. 
the Russians can do it as well. They could do it, but they don't do it. We don't know why. And um, Klaus Schwab said that they want that they think that the Ukraine war will lead will take 15 years from now on. So my question is, what is the target of the Ukrainian war? In my opinion, it is the bleeding of Europe. For example, yes. The yes. Americans, they get paid for the tanks by European support. By the European Union, the European Union pays for the Abraham tanks. The German tanks, Leopard tanks, they are presents to Ukraine. So we 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 give money what we don't have. Exactly. And in that moment, you're when and if the German economy crushes, whole Europe will crush. Yeah. And in that moment, you have also also the with the people who come from syria and uh, from from the arabic states or from africa to germany and austria and switzerland uh, we have an increase of the attack on civilian people it has increased by 100 in the last couple of months wow. so so the situation is you need a civil war civil war in europe in order to establish a situation maybe like in the ukraine to arise a new society with 15 minute states cities and with 15 minute zones and this Thank is the reason you. why we have the food war why we have the military war and the economical war yeah thank you thank you very much for that and um, that helps me just just nudges me further in that direction it's all about folks you can understand everything that's happening in the world right now if you think of these apex global predators, they're organized on an eastern plane and on a western. They're kind of in competition. Eventually, it's going to be the communists. But the whole point of every institution they have, whether it's NATO or the World Bank or a very important bank called Abyss, which organizes all the central banks in the world, whether it's the trade association, whether it's the UN, they all lead the world to bloat themselves with wealth and power. So the next time you think that uh, Angela or Joe or somebody is just doing stupid things, rethink what you now know, that they're all in the service of globalism. And Hartmut uh, very, very good. Uh, carefully now has pointed it out in terms of Europe. It's the bleeding of Europe like it's the bleeding of the U.S. Um, and um, if you don't know anything about the uh, what they're doing to the food markets, um, they it's it's not just that it's not just supply chains. They can organize supply chains for God's sakes. It's it's slowing down the supply. In America, we are systematically having burned down our chicken farms. Can you believe it? It's happening serially. The burning down of our ch eggs are going up in price. Formerly, maybe one of the cheapest uh, ways of getting protein. And maybe the symbol of defiance. Eating eggs in America is a symbol of defiance of uh, what we're supposed to do. I'm eating them in defiance. Um, this is, it will help you understand this dreadfully simple formula. 
that there are rulers who have since civilization began taken advantage of the weaker, murdering the weaker, often just out of seeming lust. I mean, Hitler and Stalin and Mao just loving murdering millions of people, organizing it systematically, sometimes generally unleashing slaughters at other times. This is where we're heading if they manage to destroy all of our in more or less independent constitutional republics. We have to we have to get rid of the EU. Joe Biden in the US is now creating something called he's called the, the uh, North American Declaration. Who the hell ever heard of a North American unity? He's just gotten the president in January, got the presidents of uh, well, premier, whatever they are, of, of uh, Canada and the U.S. and Mexico to make a declaration of North America. And it's about letting unlimited immigration into the U.S., draining us by insisting we take care of all the immigrants, changing our culture, making us third world by bringing in all. This is happening everywhere. And all this unlimited integration uh, that they wanted from the uh, from the uh, Arab countries, the Muslim countries, you know, it wasn't kindness. These people, these leaders, don't have kindness. It was about globalism. And there's a lot of Europeans sitting back and uh, hating Christianity and Judaism and Israel and individualism and freedom, folks. You're, I mean, you might as well move to Venezuela because that's what's going to be like. <clears throat> Maybe North Korea. You should think North Korea. It's a better image. But we've got, we have principles. And uh, Carl, you mentioned earlier that they, they uh, when you read uh, Schwab's book, you just see a lack of what we would call human things, uh, concerns like love and caring, also lacking. And this is also from his sidekick, um, but I got his name a minute ago, Harari, uh, who's written all these books of, about uh, the new world. And there's also nothing about freedom. Right. The UN charters, all those charters, you look at the 21, 31, 15, whatever the numbers are, I've combed them all, done searches on them. There's nothing about individual freedom, nothing about the, the, the great revolution in america the conservative revolution in america told great britain to bug off with our constitution our bill of rights they write histories of the world don't mention it and we've yeah, got we, to revive that we got to revive the love of freedom and the love of one another and reason and we've got we have to revive nationalism because it's the one it's the the unit that can defy globalism even a few nations, even if we revived America, we'd be on the way. Germany, Ireland, Ireland, awaken. I think you're the source of all knowledge, Ireland, awaken. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Ireland's just a, a microcosm of what's going on in the world. Uh, yeah. Everything, the food supply, uh, the land, we've given up our sovereignty. That's, that's being said by our leader. But I, I have a question for you. When you were working and dealing with all, digging up all this uh, horrific, frightening information, 
how how did you how how did you deal with this? I mean, did you have sleepless nights? Um, what was your how did you get how, how do you maintain yourself? Maybe we can end with that. That would be good. One way of maintaining myself is not getting too exhausted. Right. And, uh, Ginger and I have been have been given energy all of our lives, and um, I'm not sure that it's what I do that has enabled all of this. It may be a much higher power than that. But we we actually, although we're not church going or temple going people, we are very God oriented. Um, and Ginger's helped me with that. I was the class agnostic in the 1950s. That was really a big deal, 1950s. Always been cutting edge. <laughs> and, and I began to realize, you look at your life. You've been so protective, and you've been given all this drive, and that you didn't, and what's going on here? And I gradually began to, to understand more that, uh, that God gives us opportunities. He gives us our uh, qualities. That goes back to the early discussion of children making up their minds about things. Maybe that's also God in there. I don't know. I don't have a theology, really, beyond a few words. Um, but we both deeply believe that we are supposed to do what we're doing. And um, I, I'm being very honest today in the beginning about some of what I think, but I can you know, do that personally a little bit. Um, I actually you know, thought about when we discovered what we discovered, that we're sitting on a paper that proves that the Chinese are working with the U.S. making SARS-CoV viruses leading up to SARS-CoV-2. <laughs> and we waited, we talked, nobody else came up with it. We talked some more. And then I imagined going to, uh, to heaven. <laughs> Not that I actually believe in heaven. I imagine meeting God in some way and having to explain that I had these skills and this knowledge and this ability and Ginger had this ability. So we knew more. I knew more about the internal workings of drug companies than most people. I'd literally been empowered by judges to do discovery on drug companies massively. And I knew that I knew the, uh, how to look for corruption and stuff. And I just, I couldn't think of an excuse for God not to, go into this work um and that's how it finally got settled i think combination of our finding information knowing we had something in particular to contribute but i think all people have something in particular to contribute i really believe this that we all have an interest a care a love a concern i mean if you just want to take care of your family then then do something about making it possible for them to exist in the future, your grandchildren. Find out what is your skill? Is it chatting with neighbors? Is it organizing them a, a giant meeting in your town to show people that that, that at least half their neighbors are not, a, are not buying this BS that's going on? Um, is it doing book clubs? I mean, what is it? Writing letters to the editor, talk, uh, you know, what is it? Find what you do. What is you? What is in your nature? I was thinking about the whole world when I was five. So, um, you know, what is it where your mind goes? Uh, and and if you find something that uh, that vibrates with you and what you what's expected of you, your life will be very interesting. 
it will not feel safe, but it will feel miraculous. It will feel, first of all, you'll meet, look at these wonderful people I'm talking with. You'll meet these wonderful people. You might even get to meet uh, Grace and Sakura. Um, this is one of the most startling things about standing up for freedom. Your life may be shorter, maybe longer. I mean, but, uh, for me, it doesn't matter anymore at my age, um, except for being here with the people I care about. But um, you'll find you'll find friends. You'll find people to care about. And um, have an ideal, have a vision. The life is so short, the simple prolongation of it isn't worth it. And besides, I don't think we get to decide. I could have been dead very early. They were going after my life when I was, well, 1973 was the big attempt of my life and my family's. And they've gone after me in the courts. I mean, I could have been gone in the 30s or 40s, but at least then I would have felt at the moment that I was doing what I was supposed to do. Do what you're supposed to do. See what that feels like. See what it feels like. Yeah, I, I have, it's a miracle, I think. So that, that, yeah, that's. I'm just saying that's that's a beautiful answer. Thank you, because that's it's living with purpose and and yeah. and, and equality. But uh, no, you 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 you. I wanted to ask you that question, and it, it aligns with what I was thinking. And thank you so much. I'm, I'm going to pass you back to, to Grace. Okay. There, I'll, I'm going to cut off here. Thanks, Doctor. Great meeting you. Great meeting you. Thank you very, very much. And uh, let me get out more of a voice in Europe. There are forces trying to keep me out of Europe. You know who they are. We're not going to discuss them. There are forces literally trying to prevent me from speaking to Europeans as well as Americans. Grace. But not, no. But anyway, um, they may keep you away from Europe. But as you mentioned, and everyone here, that we are you know creative beings so because we are so creative because we come from the first creation point from which all of us emerge so if we can remember that nothing limits us in sharing what's true in um, everyone yeah. wants their health happiness freedom and thank you for everything that you do and for sure peter and message for ginger i would like to come and visit you someday because we could just drive to that area or if you come in the princeton area please feel free mm. and you will always be welcome to come back to yeah. our platform thank, thank you. you very much well we we will keep you in mind for breaking news i don't do that enough call my friends when i have breaking news and we'll try to do that more and you want to mention about your radio show and other important things? For well, yeah, I guess it would you? be a good thing. I mean, the Bregan.com is newly recreated and uh, it, it it has good entry points. The most, probably the best way to stay in touch with us, and I just don't mention this enough, is we do have a newsletter. It's got about 50,000 people. It's a free newsletter. Um, you can get it on our website. It's called Bregan Alerts. We send out alerts. It could be once a week. It could be three a week. We might miss a week. We send out a lot, though. We have the most amazing opening rate in the history of all of this, I think. 
about 50% of what we send out gets opened. Usually it's like 5%. So people do find it interesting. We've got a, a very high rate also then of, of reading it as well as opening it. So it, it's not very long. It's, it's to the point and it will keep you in touch with things. There are probably one of the most important things I do um, with always with Ginger's backup and help um, is I'm on uh, television, literally on television, because you can see it on Roku everywhere in the world <clears throat> on the. Um, oh, my gosh, I'm starting to get tired now at the end of the day. Um, Brighteon.com. Bright Eon, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N, Bright Eon TV, Bright Eon TV. We're live, if you want that experience, every Wednesday at 6, live. The last show we did was stunning. It's a really deep show. And then you can follow up on them, on the shows, by going to brighteon.com. I got taken down off of YouTube forever, 45 minutes after I did a video on our book, COVID-19 and the COVID and the global predators. I literally, we waited, they, they were waiting to, to take us down with the next false move we made. So we made no moves for a month. And as soon as the book came out, I went on and I announced the book. 45 minutes, they took us down permanently. So that's how important COVID-19 and the global predators is. It's easy to get in Germany. It's got lots of praise in the, on, on um, Amazon in Germany. That's the two most important things. I wish you would get the book. And if you can find a German publisher, that would be amazing. And, and get the um, um, News, newsletter. The newsletter. That would be the most important things. And tune in on Brighteon. Uh, we also, at that point, go on to one of the largest radio outlets that I was on for a couple of decades, and they've let me do the TV show and put it up on the radio. Um, and that's, um, let's see, that's that line. That's, um, that's oh. America Out Loud? No, that's another the, show. Um, hey, James. Come on in a minute, honey. I'm starting to do our PR, and I'm not good at it. But just remember for the folks, if you really want to hear and see Dr. Peter Bregan in Brideon, don't expect it on Facebook because Brideon is highly censored in Facebook. Yes, it is. Where Ginger, could they see the Brideon? They will not right allow you, that. You're putting it up somewhere else? It's going to be it's going, going up on Rumble, but it's not up yet. It's not up yet on Rumble. But yeah, uh, you've but got, you can, Peter, you've got a Rumble channel. We have a Rumble channel now. But Thank they you. can go to brighteon.com and on your channel. Can you all hear about videos? Yes. yes. Come closer, honey. You right. have to come on the screen. I'm okay. All Brighteon. of your videos are up on the brighteon.com channel. Yes. That's Peter R. Bregan, MD. So you can go to the Brighteon channel. Bregan, MD. Yeah. And you can get the audio anytime on prn.live that's radio it's the same show though and it doesn't have the ads um so that's important and then ginger and i do a radio show on the platform of america out loud that goes all over platforms around the world and it's called um the america out loud pulse and 
that's a very important show because it's part of a five day a week presentation. So we are, and it's medically, more or less medically oriented, but we go all over the place. And that's every five o'clock, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Peter McCull is on Wednesday and he goes on with the owner of the show, Malcolm. And um, Harvey Reich, uh, who is the amazing yeah. Yale professor, goes on on Friday and he got the Briggins on Thursday. And we actually have fun on the show. I tease my wife and she gets mad, things like that. We get, we get on the radio. I, thank you so much. I like all these outlets. I listen to America Out Loud, really, really very good it's information very good. Yeah. and inspiring. So I Thank you again, everyone, and I thank you to all of viewers. Do take care of yourselves. There's always so much to talk about and to yeah. learn about. So that's just the truth. But what else do we have to do but continue? Or else what we're most fearful of will really happen forever and ever. No, it's, it won't be forever. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. This has been very satisfying to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, pleasure. And believe it or not, I have a patient in 15 minutes.